Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. They never will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Well, this is Fran Lewis And this is MJ Network Where we get the best authors And the best shows and everything And MJ is after my sister, Marcia Joyce We know that And I am so excited Jason Bourne is back, and Brian Freeman has brought him to new heights. You've got to read The Bourne Evolution, and he's here to talk about it. Good morning. I am so excited. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's always terrific to talk to you. It's great. So tell me something. Um, how did you get this series, and how did you get so lucky to do this? I had to yeah, say that. I had to was, ask. Oh, absolutely. This is an amazing opportunity. I mean, this is one of the really one of the, the sort of primo opportunities in the thriller world to carry mm-hmm. on uh, a legacy like, like Jason Bourne and, and Robert Ludlum. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and for me, it, it's kind of like life coming full circle. I can remember reading The Bourne Identity for the first time when I was all of 17 years old back in 1980. And uh, if you'd told me back then that 40 years later uh, there would be a book out wow. with, with my name and Robert Ludlum's name on the cover, I would have said, oh, you're, you're crazy. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know a lot of the details about how they picked me, but um, about 18, 19 months ago, uh, I got a call from my agent uh, saying that mm-hmm. uh, Putnam had signed on to a new deal to do a couple of uh, new Jason Bourne books, and, and they and the estate were looking for a new author to, uh, to take it over and, and bring Jason Bourne back, and was I interested in kind of tossing my hat into the ring? And uh, I said, yeah, absolutely, let's, let's, let's go after it. And... Uh, so, so we did that, and um, then I think things kind of went into this black box of silence because uh, for about the next mm. three or four months, I, I didn't hear a word. And so I just, mm. assumed, you know, they, they decided to go another way, and that's fine. I'm sure this is an opportunity that, that a ton of thriller writers were looking at. Uh, but uh, then I got a, uh, another call from my agent, uh, you know, several months later, and uh, she, she said five words that will linger in my memory for a long time. She said, uh, Putnam wants you for born. And uh, so uh, uh, that, was, that was how everything started. I, uh, I, I gave the, the editor at Putnam a call, Tom Colgan, who's just a great guy, mm. and uh, was talking about what I thought we could do with, with Jason Bourne and how we could sort of, you know, reboot this series and, and kind of mm-hmm. go back to the, the roots of the character. And uh, uh, so uh, we, we talked about that. He really, uh, he really loved the idea, and I, I put together sort of a synopsis of the plot and wrote a couple chapters for the estate to get a sense of where I wanted to, to take the story and the, and the character. And uh, they loved it, and uh, so we were off to the races from there. So that's how everything got started. That is so fantastic. I just, you know, when I got the book in the mail, I just sat down and read it. You know me. I just sat down and read it. And 
I mean, I, this morning, I won't say on the air where I was, but I must have told about 30 people about it. They go, like, really? Okay, let me write this down. No, make sure you spell it right and everything. So this, this was, like, really fantastic. And I don't didn't I read the one identity a million years ago, but I haven't read anything since. So that made it even sure. better because I was looking at it with fresh eyes. And, of course, I loved every minute well, yeah, of it and, and got nervous. Yeah. So and, and that's, how did that's you create... Well, that hang on, and that's that, that's probably the biggest question I've gotten from readers is, you know, do you need yeah. to have, you know, read everything, you know, because there there have been so many iterations of Jason Bourne. You know, Ludlum did three Bourne novels, yeah. and Eric von Lustbader took over and did another eleven. You've got all of the Matt Damon movies, and uh, in fact, there was also a, an ABC miniseries all the way back in 1988 starring Richard mm-hmm. Chamberlain as Jason Bourne. Uh, and you know, oh, I tell people you, know, you you don't need to have you don't need to have read or watched any of those things to enjoy the Born Evolution. Essentially, this is a complete reboot of of the of the series. It stands on its own. So even if somehow you're one of those people that has somehow escaped Jason Bourne throughout your entire life, you can still dive in and, and enjoy this book. Well, I did, I really did, and I just read it in like an hour and a half. And just sat down. Well, I was lucky because they sent me a paperback copy, which has large print, people, which made it really much better. So, yeah. how did you create the, the news article, and how does that drive the plot forward? Because that was exciting, plus the text messages that that were sent by Abby. How did you create that? That was brilliant. Very few people started a book like that, and I was like, okay, what's going to happen next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I've got two two things that that start the book that that, that were very deliberate, both as as kind of a mm-hmm. tribute to Ludlum and the Born Identity, and as kind of a symbol of the fact that we were bringing this series forward into the modern era. You've got this news article about this mass shooting in Las Vegas, and and hints that that there was something more going on than people realized. And then you have a series of of, of sort of live tweets from this. Canadian reporter about a uh, an assassination in Washington Square Park in New York, and uh, and and so I, I chose to start with the with the news article because actually that's what Ludlum did in the Born Identity. He actually used mm-hmm. a, um, a a New York an actual New York Times article excerpt about the assassin Carlos to begin the Born Identity. And mm-hmm. so I, I wanted I wanted to sort of have little tributes to the Born Identity throughout this book, and that was one of the things mm-hmm. I chose to do, is to start with a news article as well, although this one, of course, is, is totally fictional. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I then wanted to sort of demonstrate that, okay, we're, we're in a whole different era here. And so using the tweets mm-hmm. uh, from Abby, the, the reporter, uh, it, it sort of immediately grounds people in the idea that, yeah, this is, this is not your 1970s, Jason Bourne. This is this is 2020. We're in the modern era, and and uh, and and so the things that are going on reflect uh, what's going on around us, kind of ripped from the headlines. Now that's really. Then you you the part one is the congressman is assassinated. Chaos breaks out. Abby is feeding information and texting. And how does this scene and the fact that she's targeted? She brings her. Straight in, in, in face to face with Bourne, that was that was interesting, and she was she's determined to work with him no matter what. She didn't care. Yeah, I you know I I, I really I really love Abby Laurent as a as a character. Me too. She's, uh, yeah, I, I mean she's 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 tough, she's strong, she's independent, she's she's 
you know, she's intrigued by and attracted to Bourne when she meets him, um, but she also doesn't take any crap from, from Jason Bourne, and uh, she's, uh, she, she stands up to him, uh, and uh, I love the interaction between the two of them as, as, as characters. But, again, part of this <clears throat> is a little bit of a, of a, of a tribute to, to Ludlam. In, in the original Bourne mm-hmm. identity, uh, the woman that, that Bourne gets involved with uh, is a Canadian economist named Marie Saint Jacques, and so as I thought about what you know the the, the, the dynamics of the relationship that would take place in in this book, uh, I chose to create uh, you know Abby Laurent as a Canadian journalist and set the early part of the book up in in Canada and and Quebec City, uh, again to kind of you know have some echoes of the uh, of the original. But the, you know the, the the key is, I think a lot of people that that, that may see the Matt Damon, Jason Bourne movies may get the idea mm-hmm. of Bourne as kind of this very laconic, cynical, isolated hero. And when, when you go back to Ludlum's original novel, that, that's clearly not the case. I mean, when, when Bourne is an isolated loner, it's sort of by necessity, um, not by choice. I think Bourne ultimately actually needs to have it needs to be grounded in a relationship in his life but he's mm-hmm. scared of that and he kind of pushes it away so that's why i mm-hmm. wanted this, this this sort of reluctant relationship with abby uh to be at the center of the book and so the fact that that Bourne needs to reach out to her to find information and they ultimately kind of you know come together that is that's sort of at the core of who jason Bourne is well you know people are going to want more of her you know that yeah. You no, know, you're gonna have yeah. to think about bringing her back. I hope, because yeah, she's yeah, a good... I, I've, I've got, I've got ideas for where we might go with that in the future. Might, might take a couple more born books before we see her again. But I, I suspect you will, you will meet Abby Laurent again. That is good. Makes me feel good to know that I figured that one out. This is good. <laughs> now, he meets with her. I should have added this question. He meets with her, but he doesn't really meet with her. Why did he do that? Uh, well, you know, Bourne is that was really very, cool. Uh, yeah, I love that opening scene. I mean, there's just a lot of yeah. you know, action and excitement, and you really get a sense right from the get-go of, of sort of who Bourne is as as a character and the position he's in, which is he's he's being hunted, he's paranoid, uh, he doesn't trust anybody, and so you know, in this yeah. case, he wants to make sure that that. Uh, that Abby is not, you know, sort of part of the group that's that's targeting him, and uh, and so he deliberately tries to delay the meeting with her and and confirm that she's sort of acting on her own. Well, in fact, what he finds out is all the people targeting him are in fact right there in Quebec City, and and they end up targeting her as well. And so Bourne has to sort of step in and uh, and and you know save the day. Well, that brings us to. The people that he used to work for that I got really upset about, because anybody that tries to kill Jason Bourne, you know, I, I was trying to figure out a way to get dead them. So tell us about Treadstone and why did they blame him for the death of the Congress, Congresswoman? And why did they yeah. want him out of the way? And I was really, I said, well, I know Brian's not going to kill off the main character. At least not yet anyway, people. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly never going to kill off Jason Bourne. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I you can't re- kill him more. You can't kill. For that. Yeah, and you can't kill of Jonathan Stride, my favorite person ever. So that's beside and, the point. No. <laughs> uh, so why yeah, did they you know, want him I, out Trent, of the way? Treadstone is is so you know fundamental to kind of the born yeah. 
universe. Uh, when you go back to the Bourne identity, um, it was it was sort of Treadstone that created Jason Bourne and the strategy in which Bourne found himself. Uh, and and in the Bourne identity, because Bourne loses his memory, um, uh, Treadstone thinks that he has has turned, and uh, and so he becomes a mm. target. Uh, you, you you can't really have Jason Bourne without having I think Treadstone involved in in, in some way. Uh-huh. So I, I I I wanted to bring that back. And of course you know now Putnam also has a whole separate series focusing on Treadstone. Josh uh, Joshua Hood has written um, uh, the Treadstone Resurrection, and so he's you know that he's sort of reintroducing a completely separate thread of Treadstone as as part of the Bourne world as well. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to have. Uh, Treadstone involved again that that uh, that Treadstone uh, Bourne has quit Treadstone because he believes uh, that Treadstone was involved in, in the murder of the, the woman he loved a, 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 an agent called Nova uh, and uh, and so he's gone off uh, on his own uh, and yet when this assassination takes place uh, all of the clues point to Bourne as the assassin. Uh, and Treadstone, which still doesn't really trust Bourne because mm. of the issues with his memory, thinks you know he's, he's sort of subject to, to being you know turned and manipulated. Treadstone thinks that Bourne was actually yeah. responsible for this, and the last thing they want is to have one of their former agents uh, uh, pegged in the press as an assassin. So so Bourne has to go. That is not good. So now we have two other people that we thought, well, we have to, you get to know them, you'll see what I mean. Miles Priest and Scott DeRay are partners to a point. Now, what were they after? And I'm not going to tell you if I like them or not. You have to read the book to find out. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm trying to be good. Yeah, yeah, we, we've got... Uh, <laughs> We've got these two other. Uh, we've got these two other characters, Miles Priest and, and Scott Duray, and they yeah. are working for a, a large technology company and are actually kind of the, the heads of this uh, this tech cabal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and Bourne ends up uh, uh, working for them because he has a, a personal connection with Scott Duray that goes back you know many years. Uh, and yep. I I I'm you, you know when you read my Jonathan Stry novels that I'm always looking for themes mm-hmm. that are current and relevant to what's going on in the world today. And so yep. as I thought about the the, the 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 sort of conspiracy theories and powerful hidden influencers in the world today, which is the kind of thing that Ludlum wrote about in all of of his books, uh, I I don't think you can talk about um, the the influencers today without looking at big tech uh, and uh, and so uh, I really wanted to kind of put the 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 power and privacy risks and and influence of these enormous worldwide technology companies at the heart of of the new Born book and so uh, Born is sort of uh, in in bed with these tech companies trying to to find out about this group that has that has hacked so much personal data. Uh, and yet, at the same time, he's uh, he, he's he's not sure that he trusts them, and in fact, they end up sort of mm. cutting him loose, just like Treadstone, when he becomes the, uh, the the suspect in the assassination. Now, this this part I thought was so cool. I've read a few books that have done this. Was pre six, and the ab. This is so cool, people. That would change the way people <coughs> think and act. And I read a couple of books like this, but this is really scary. 
how did you create a plot like that where there's an app and the plot, the app, if somebody uses this particular thing, could actually get you to change the way you think or what you do? How did you come up yeah. with that? Oh, my God, that was so freaking scary. But really good, yeah, though. I, there's, this, this, there's this company called Prefix, and, uh, yeah. uh, and the, the, the hook, there's, it's a social media app. And the, and the hook is that, that Prefix claims that they can predict what you're going to do next, where you're going to go, what you're going to eat, who you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, the, the, you know, the truth behind the app is that they're, they're not predicting anything. They're actually using this vast trove of personal information about you to essentially manipulate your behavior and get you to do what they want. So if you're an, an yeah, advertiser um, you know, and, and you've got, uh, a restaurant or a destination or wherever it might be, you're you're paying prefix to essentially manipulate people into going to you know your destination, uh, and I just I, I I thought this was sort of the 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 natural and sort of terrifying next step behind social media is that um, it's it's you know how does it then start to influence behavior and shape behavior in ways mm-hmm. that you have no idea what's really going on and, uh, and, and you don't even know that this manipulation is, is taking place. Uh, you know, and, and I, I look at it and go, um, I mean, A, um, I think we're already pretty far down that line already, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think we're seeing people's behavior manipulated by a social media. Uh, but oh, the yeah. idea that there's an app that, that can really, you know, at a very granular level uh, uh, manipulate how people think and act uh, if, if if we don't think that there are companies working on that right now, we're being mm-hmm. pretty naive. Uh, I, I mean, I think that uh, I think we're we're prefix may be fictional in the born evolution, but uh, I, I I don't think we're terribly far away from it right now. No, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if every kid had one on their phone, you know, or somebody yeah. else, you know, put it on their phone. That that's what's really well, scary. Know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the whole debate about TikTok right now and the fact that it's you know yeah. that it's perceived largely as spyware that is uh, is is you know sucking up all this personal information from people that yeah. uh, that, that use the uh, yeah there's uh, uh, the, the, that I, as I say I love having sort of ripped from the headline themes and you know as as much as this is a you know mm-hmm. this is an action propulsive you know uh, book that's designed to keep you turning the pages with all the exciting things that are happening, I, I, I hope it also feels like, wow, yeah, that could be going on right now. I know, it's scary. Just listening to the news is scary. <clears throat> Just watching what people are yeah. doing is scary. And yeah, that is certainly true. We have Kevin Drake, who's the COO, who created this, but they want him to get rid of the guy that runs it, Gabriel Fox, and everybody gets blindsided in this. So why did they want to Kevin to get rid of the guy that runs it. And then we're going to get into the good part. Trust me. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the CEO of, of this Prefix Corporation is, uh, is, is rather a unique individual and uh, uh, does, mm-hmm. does not play by the rules of the other tech companies. And so the tech companies want him out because they want to get Prefix inside their little fold in the, in the tech cabal. And so they're they're attempting to manipulate his, his second-in-command, his COO, to uh, essentially get rid of the, the head of Prefix and be able to, uh, to take over the, the company. So, uh, and again, those are the, those are the kinds of uh, sort of behind-the-scenes manipulations that are, that are going on all the time. Uh, but this, this, this one's being done in a particularly um, 
uh, uh, bloody and unusual manner, let's say. <laughs> mm. it's, it's, it's scary. So now, Medusa. Hmm. Everybody want Medusa. Medusa is evil. It stands for evil and danger. What is Medusa, and how did the operatives know where Boyne was at all times? And he didn't know that they knew where he was at all times. That is the yeah. case for people. Well, that's, Medusa, that's oh, God. About, that's one of the things about big tech is they, they, they kind of know where you are at all times. I mean, I, I think that's been one of the interesting things, you know, in, in the whole pandemic response is, is the, the data coming out about, well, how well are people observing, you know, the, uh, the stay-at-home orders? And, uh, well, you can see that, you know, uh, they, they come out with all these stats about how people are moving in different parts of the, the country. Well, how do they know all that? Well, they know all that because they're, they're using, you know, big tech to track what people are doing and where they are via their, their smartphones. And uh, I, I suspect that this was an eye-opener for a lot of people who didn't realize just the, the, the depth and level at which, their personal behavior can be can be monitored and tracked via uh, these these social media companies and and uh, the the data coming out may have been you know sort of anonymized and grouped into trends of where people are going but it all gets back to individual cell phones and uh, if, uh, if if people don't think that they can track you as an as an individual well they're they're I think being mm-hmm. a little bit naive so Medusa again that's one of those little echoes of the, um, the original Born Identity, because if you go back to the Born Identity, uh, Born was involved in a group called Medusa connected with um, uh, his service in, in Vietnam. And, and so I kind of wanted to bring the idea of Medusa back into this new uh, reboot, this new evolution of, of Born. Uh, so I used the Medusa name, and I, I created this... Uh, a sort of shadowy company or the shadowy cabal mm. behind a massive uh, hack of uh, of data, and uh, the uh, the tech companies know that their data has been hacked, but they're scared to death that this is going to be made public because they don't want uh, all this congressional regulation uh, uh, stamped on top of them when they realize that so much uh, personal data about people has been stolen. And Medusa, of course. Uh, want both the personal data and they want presix yeah. uh, because when you combine those things and suddenly you have virtually unlimited personal data about people and the software that can manipulate their behavior, what you can create is is, is sort of a, a, a limitless uh, uh, you know a limitless ability to control behavior and create chaos. And so Medusa is out there using personal data and and this kind of software in order to create riots and unrest and civil disruption. Huh. Does that ring any bells? Interesting. <laughs> Not always it's interesting, but it's going to get even more interesting. Now, if everybody looked at my question, there's a Miss Shirley. Watch out. How did you create her? She, I'm telling you, she makes Cruella DeVille and Lizzie Borden and Marie Antoinette look like the good witch in The Wizard of Oz. That is my assessment. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I love, I love the character of, of Miss Shirley. I mean, she's you know, Me too. writing a. I wouldn't want to be in the same room a, with a, her. A, a gorgeous, sexy, sadistic, you know, assassin yeah, she's is, awful. Is, is, is just a fun. It's just a fun thing for a for a writer. And I mean, you know, Miss Miss Shirley yeah. is just. I mean, from the moment you meet her, I mean, she just kind of dominates the stage and, and dominates everyone mm-hmm. around her. Uh, and and it's. Uh, it, I, I have to say it's a little funny because uh, uh, there's a, there's a friend of ours 
uh, named Shirley, and she has uh, she has mm. pestered me for years about the idea of using her name uh, in one of my books. And uh, oh, that is and, cool. Uh, so I <laughs> I finally got around to using her name in a book, and I I told her, well, you you, you may regret the the request because just wait wait till you read what Miss Shirley is up to in this book. <laughs> I always wanted to be a mean character in a book. So sad. I mean, I have a lot of nice qualities, but, you know, you can bring out the bad ones. I don't care. That's, and I could give you a list of them well, from what I gathered I recently. Have to work on, I may have to work on that, Fran. Just be, be careful. That would know, be great. Of what you look for. Yeah, I mean, I could be evil, as some people found out the other day, like I told you. Yeah, I, I found out. This is what happens when you mess with Fran from the Bronx. You don't do that. <laughs> so, surely... This is, I mean, you got to read this book because she's really, as, as evil as she is, you got to love her. Shirley was able yeah. to fool everyone she came in contact with. And yet, one failed attempt might have brought her down, and the people that she's working with would have killed her just as easily as they killed anybody else. So, why was sure. she so powerful? And I could you, you know, everybody needs a little power from Shirley. So, how did she get away with her, what she did? I mean, she literally. Never mind what she did to people. She had fun first. What can I say? <laughs> yes, she certainly does. And I, I love the I love the scene in New York where she's doing yoga on the uh, you know on, yeah. the, on the, the 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 roofside edge of you know the, uh, the 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 balcony you know thirty stories up in the air. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know it, that that of course is one of the interesting questions is is who is this you know who is this Miss Shirley and what's her connection to Medusa and and. Uh, uh, and so she's got she's got some secrets of her own that uh, that will come out at the at the at the very end of the book. Um, so uh, so yeah, she's um, uh, she she's she's not perfect, and you know I mean she's she's going up against Jason Bourne. Uh, but then you always get the sense in the book too that that uh, that Miss Shirley has uh, has has a little bit of a thing for Bourne, and maybe that's why she uh, doesn't necessarily uh, succeed in her attempts to take Bourne out. That she uh, she actually wants to wants that one-on-one with uh, with Bourne. She wants to work on him, too, and have some fun, but oh well, you can't have everything. What can I say? Poor thing. So, let's get back to my other favorite character, Abby. Who is Nash Rollins, and how did the, what did they want to get her, and how come she was alone? Which is not a good thing. Poor Abby. Yeah, you know, Nash Rollins is is part of Treadstone, and yeah. um, I, again, I wanted to have someone in in the book that has mm-hmm. sort of a, a personal Treadstone connection to uh, for 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 Bourne. So you know, here's here's someone in Treadstone that that has worked with Bourne, knows Bourne, but yet doesn't necessarily trust him, and uh, and so now thinks that that Bourne has gone rogue, and uh, and and you know, despite their personal relationship, thinks that Bourne needs to be taken out, and uh, and and Nash. Thinks that uh, that that Abby is the way in to, to Bourne. That uh, if uh, mm-hmm. when he finds out that they're together, he he realizes that um, you know getting to Bourne may be hard, but getting to Abby is a lot easier because she doesn't have the same the same skills that Bourne has in, in sort of staying off the grid. And so uh, so Nash decides that the the way to find Bourne ultimately is to is to find Abby. Well. They tried, but that's all I will say about that. So, Bourne wants to know more about Shirley, and I don't blame him. So he meets with Andrew Yee. Who is Andrew Yee? People, there's no one safe from this girl. Trust me. 
<laughs> you're not uh, safe. Yeah, Even if she's no matter what, you're not safe. Seriously. No, 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 no one, no one is ever safe. Uh, and uh, you know, Andrew Yee is a is a casino operator uh, outside of uh, in a, in a small town outside mm-hmm. uh, Las Vegas. Um, and that's one of the fun things about about this book and about the Born series is I love to be able to use interesting locales. Um, so, you know, it, it, it starts out in Quebec City and it goes to New York and Las Vegas and, and the Bahamas and Scotland, uh, sort of, so it kind of, you know, globetrots around the world. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and so uh, I, I had a lot of fun with the scenes in, uh, in Las Vegas. And, um, uh, and that's the thing is, is you, you never quite know, um, you, you're, you're never safe when, uh, when you're affiliated with Medusa and you never know when your, your number mm. is going to be up. So, uh, so yes, Andrew, Andrew Yee uh, has uh, has some has some challenges to face in this book, uh, and and as I recall, I think I, I think I went to high school with an with an Andy Yee. So I I, I hope he doesn't mind my my uh, using his name here. So. <laughs> oh God! Now we call, I'm telling you, people, Shirley is what everybody wants to be just once in their life. No, I'm serious. Even me. So. Who was Michelle, and who was Klaus and Gator, and how did Shirley blindside them? I'm telling you, this she's great. Yes, yes, she 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 uh, is the uh, the ultimate manipulator and the sort of dominatrix. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, she she's sort of the the, the number two in in Medusa and uh, and pulls all the strings. And so you have this uh, this New York attorney. Uh, who uh, who ends up getting sort of blackmailed into being part of the the group and uh, mm. uh, and he's the one that ultimately uh, pulls Abby Laurent in and uh, and and leaks information uh, to her as a journalist that uh, is sort of at the heart of the, the various conspiracies going on but um, but everyone who is in Miss Shirley's world uh, is uh, is at risk particularly if they fail to observe the the number one rule which is uh, you you always call Miss Shirley. Miss Shirley, and if you you fail to do that, uh, there are consequences. A lot of consequences. This is really not good. But some people just have to learn the hard way. What can I say? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You you have to believe what she says, and if you don't, it doesn't go well. Ah, well, what can I say? Things are not what they seem with Bourne and Abby. And they have to stay a hundred steps ahead of Medusa, but how come Medusa seems to be smarter than them? I like Medusa. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love these, these shadowy conspiracy forces. Uh, and, and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, that is, um, again, that is very much the, the character of what Ludlum's original books were like. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's interesting that, um, uh, that what Ludlum wrote, and particularly when he wrote The Born Identity, he was coming out of mm-hmm. the, the cultural environment of the 1970s. And so you had a situation where we'd gone through Vietnam and we'd gone through Watergate, and there were a lot of conspiracy theories in public. There was a lot of distrust mm-hmm. of government and a lot of unrest and, and social dissension. Um, you know, so the, for me, the interesting thing was you know, bringing Jason Bourne back in, in 2020, and, and what I really wanted to do was go back and and be be true to the kind of story that that Ludlum told, 
yeah, I was looking at, at where we are in, in 2020 and thinking, well, you know, there's, there's actually a lot of parallels between the sort of social environment back in the 1970s and the social environment today, where, again, you've got a lot of, of distrust of government and a lot of conspiracy theories and, you know, sort of the feel that there are shadowy forces trying to, uh, trying to shape society and, and, and uh, create unrest in society. Uh, and so it, it just felt very natural to sort of be able to, to drop born down into, into this environment and, and very much true to the environment in which he was uh, in, the, in the Ludlum books. Um, so, you know, you look at a, an, an organization like Medusa, it, it's kind of a, a classic Ludlum conspiracy group. And, uh, and of course, with the te- technology connection, it means they, they sort of have a way of, of you know, following people and tracking people that, that would not have existed uh, back in the, in the 70s. So I have to add this question in. The publishing company, you came up with your idea, so they agreed with how you went to, to wanted to do this, right? Because they had to they had yeah. to say that pretty much. That's why I'm asking, because there's another author, and I won't mention who, that did a series of five books that I think are so over-the-top and fantastic, and this person just lost that series to someone else because they felt that the person, the character was brought into the 21st century and they wanted to leave the person back in the 1970s, which I think is going to be a mistake. So they had to approve everything you did and the storyline? You know, they they uh, they had to kind of be able to sign off and say, yeah, looks good. And uh, and then what was what was really great was uh, at the end of the process, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the book was done, uh, they uh, my editor sent them the manuscript, and uh, uh, they came back and did not change a word, which uh, and did not ask to that's have a single word changed in the book, which I, I was really honored by. Yeah, I mean that's that's. You know, you, you you can't get a you know ask for a, a better reaction than that, and uh, and you know I I uh, what I, I hope what comes across what came across to them, and I, I hope what comes across to the readers is I really wanted to uh, to honor uh, the kind of stories that, that Ludlum told and, and the character that Ludlum created because he was such a you know such an amazing author. Mm-hmm. I, I was such a huge fan of everything he did, and, and to me it, it's a very uh, it's a very humbling honor to be to be you know writing books that that have his name on the on the cover and uh, and so I had a reader just on Twitter the other day. He said, "Well, you know, I, I love the book. Mr. Mr. Ludlum would be proud." And uh, uh, that's the kind of thing that I uh, I really love to hear and that means a lot to me is is uh, uh, to feel like you're really kind of living up to the to the legacy that that he left behind. I mean, that ultimately is why we're still doing this. Well, basically, Jason Bourne and, and and Abby, I just felt like I was right, right there with them. I could feel some of the some of the scenes, and I could actually feel that they were right there with them when she was in trouble. But I could feel that yeah, she's going to come and get you. Don't worry, you're going to be okay. I hope. <laughs> so I mean, it was like so graphic. I, like I said, I read it in less than two hours. I just sat down and read it. You know, then I used the book to help me write the questions because I like to spell the words right now. <laughs> so <laughs> now. Born is used to be called like we have Cain and Abel, Cain. So why does Born yeah. reach out to Scott, and why does Nash believe that he's still Cain? That was really good, and Cain was <coughs> evil when he did. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, that's another one of those little echoes of uh, of the Born identity because uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Born identity, Cain was. Um, uh, was was Jason Bourne's sort of code identity back during the the Vietnam and, and Medusa days, and and so they they reach back for the the, the, the code name Kane uh, as part of the 
the um, the hunt that Treadstone is doing for the assassin Carlos, in which Bourne gets uh, involved. And so again, I wanted to I wanted to, to bring the idea of Cain back, and that that was sort of uh, Bourne's Treadstone code was was Cain. And so uh, when you think about Cain in, in the Bourne series, I think that's sort of the other side of, of Jason Bourne. It's the it's the, the more violent side, the the killer side, and uh, and and so. Um, and so Nash, you know, he, he thinks that this is, you know, this is kind of Kane coming out and going rogue in this assassination, and mm-hmm. uh, and so he's afraid that uh, this is this is this is Kane calling the shots here, not so much Jason Bourne. Now, people, I would watch out for Bourne because he, you know, when he wants to get into something, there's going to be a wedding, and Fox marries Shirley. Oh my God, and. <laughs> Oh, oh well, you know, what could, that, I thought that was great, and I'm saying to myself, this man really, he's really not too bright. What can I say? So he marries Shirley. <laughs> People even say to him, "Are you serious?" And how does Bourne? He had to do something that wasn't so nice, but he had no choice. How did they get into the wedding? Him and Abby. He and Abby get into the wedding, and I wanted to be at that wedding too because I wanted to see Fox. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yes, his 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 tux and, and her dress. I I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, really. Yeah, it, folks. It, 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 it was a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, the, the the way the way Born and Abby get into the wedding, it, it's an important it's an important scene for the two of them because um, Born has to has to do something that uh, that he would rather not do in in order to to get into the wedding, and uh, it's part of Abby, I think, beginning to realize. Um, who Born is, and the fact that there's a side mm-hmm. of Born, yeah. uh, and 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 a need, a need to do things that that she doesn't feel comfortable with, and and ultimately uh, that that's sort of an important turning point in their relationship as well, and in how she feels about Born and and perceives him. I mean that that that's a, sort of a, a, an important moment in their relationship. So uh, it's um, uh, and and I think it's it's an important moment for Bourne to be, you know, sort of show her, this is who I am. And this is, this is what, you know, this, this is what this world entails. Well, Shirley's not done yet. Shirley is evil, <laughs> but you have to love her. You know, when somebody is evil and people are so naive and don't realize it because of the way she looks and acts, you get what you deserve. You poor thing. So he marries her he thinks he did the greatest thing in the world, and why does he, what, he doesn't realize that she's evil, does he? He thinks he's wonderful. Oh, I think he realizes that she's evil, but I think in in the habit of yeah. of you know most you know so most men, he thinks that he he thinks he has the idea that he's going to be the one calling the shots, and uh, oh, it's just <laughs> not the way that that's not the way things work. <laughs> no. No, you just you know you gotta you gotta really open your eyes, people. So, what was the plan that Medusa had in mind? And I like the fact that you brought in the Russians, because who who trusts them? And how come you brought them in at the end? And why would anybody trust them, ever? Well, you know, when, whenever you whenever you've got something something you know cynical and and suspicious going on in the spy world, I, I think you have to bring in the Russians. I mean, that's just the, yeah. that's, that's the fun of it. Uh, and uh, you know, and again, sort of ripped from the headlines. Clearly, uh, 
the, the Russians have uh, have been front and center in, in a lot of things over the past several years. So uh, it, uh, uh, it it just made sort of a natural uh, a natural idea that, that Medusa would have kind of a nation state at, at behind them. But of course, you know, they uh, the, the the vision behind Medusa is that in the end, um, uh, you know, all of these all of these nation states will disappear and it will really be technology running the world. And uh, who knows? They may not be wrong about that. Uh, but uh, but. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, still the uh, the, the Russians are, are uh, pretty hard to outmaneuver too. So, <laughs> so he's he's got Scott Duray. Why does you know what what exactly does, does Scott think that he's going to do with with Bourne? Uh, well, you know, Bourne and Bourne and Scott go way back. Yeah, uh, they do. And, right. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted I wanted to have a character that um, that had some sort of connections back in in. Born's past, and so the, that that mm-hmm. relationship is, is kind of a key part of the book as well, because um, you know Born, we know as a hero, has lost his memory, so he does not really know who yeah. he is, who he was, and doesn't really remember anything from his past or his childhood. And so here you have Scott, who who knew him back in those days, and uh, and and was sort of Born's only connection to his past, and yet. Uh, it's also what, what he's being told is, is um, you know, is, is simply like photographing his, you know, on a, on a page and not something that he really actually remembers. So that that relationship is 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 key, and it's also you know a, a relationship that for Bourne I think is sort of fraught with risk because of the fact that uh, he doesn't actually remember the truth. So he, he has to sort of rely on on Scott to tell him the truth. Yeah, well, his I'm reading the back cover because I have it in my hand. He had the death of, a, of a, his lover in a mass shooting. A secret agent, <clears throat> Jason Bourne, is convinced that there's more to the murder than it seems. So what does he learn about the fact that he was dating somebody and now she's gone, right? Yes, yes, Nova, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, and again, I, I, I um, yeah. uh, you know, I felt like Bourne is, is actually a, the kind of hero that, that wants and needs a relationship in his life. Uh, and so mm-hmm. he, he had a very close relationship with his other operative, Nova. And, uh, and, and really, I think, I think Bourne was in love with, with Nova. Uh, but yeah. then Nova was killed, and, and he believed that Treadstone was responsible. Uh, and that really is what creates the split and kind of sends you know, Bourne off the rails uh, is uh, is the fact that uh, that Nova was taken away from him. That's that's it. I know, and yet he thinks he's he's blamed to blame for something about her. What happened to her? He can't seem to reconcile it in his head. Well, Jason, don't worry. We're going to move ahead, and everything is going to be. I'm not going to tell you whether it's going to be okay or not. So, Boyne face, faces off with Shirley. Thought, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown watching that. I actually could see it. I actually could see it. How did you create that scene? We're not going to tell anybody what happens with Shirley. But, I mean, I got nervous. I go, now, wait a minute. Brian just got this series. He can't kill a boy, but how, did, how does he react when Shirley, he's with Shirley, the two of them together? Bad. That's one of my favorite Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. I, I love that. Oh, good. I no, I, see, I got yes, that right. We, we won't. We won't tell anyone, anyone, anyone about it. No. But um, it, uh, uh, it, it, it is kind of the battle of the, the titans uh, when, when you get born going up against Miss Shirley. And uh, I, I honestly, I did not decide until I was actually writing the scene how exactly I wanted that scene to end. In fact, I left mm. it 
open for myself when I did the outline of the story. Uh, and, uh, and, and I only decided as I was writing the scene exactly uh, how I wanted the denouement to go. And, and I think that's why it feels sort of particularly fresh and spontaneous and, and, and rather horrifying. So, <laughs> Well, I'm looking at my book, and it says, R.I.P. Jason Bourne, that's not going to happen. Who is Fidora? That got, that's another character that works with Scott. Um, yeah, yeah well, you know, there, there are people. There, there are people a lot around. Of people. There are people. Yeah, there are people around Scott. And, you know, again, Scott's part of the technology company, and uh, yeah. uh, there, there are, there are, you know, there are all these, you know, different people, you know, pulling the strings and things. Uh, so at one point, Bourne turns to, to Scott for help, and and he sends him this uh, uh, this this hacker who's able to sort of help Bourne figure out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the identity of someone inside Medusa. But I, I, you know, it's a great. I love the scene um, because this this hacker uh, has. Uh, I mean, Abby has sort of no time for this this hacker and thinks he's, you know, this uh, just a kid living in his mother's basement, and uh, uh, and so he's sort of you know threatening her because you know he and with a few keystrokes can find out everything about her and and what kind of birth control she uses and what her financial situation is like, and uh, and uh, and so it's kind of it, it's kind of a, a fight between. The, the the new uh, the new way of controlling the world with technology and the, the old way of controlling the world with, with Bourne and of course Bourne's able to sort of remind him at the end that Bourne knows exactly who he is and where he lives and uh, uh, if he has any ideas about getting inside Abby's life uh, by hacking her data or, or making bad things happen that he will insert himself into his life in a way that he, that man does not want at all so. Well, before I forget, I want to forget, uh, Wednesday, one of my other favorite people, John Land, will be here with Strong from the Heart. Caitlin Strong is back. On the 17th, Jeff Bond with Anarchy of Mice. On the 19th, uh, Dana Perry, Crushing Depths. On the 24th, Jeff Bond had to reschedule the Pine Box Vendetta. And I'm not going to announce the show on the 26th because I'm really not sure if the author is going to do it or not. But on the 3rd of September, we have Deb Pines' Crooked Paths. And that's just some. And, of course, on September 16th, we have Brian Freeman with his new funeral for a friend, Jason. And he's back, Jonathan Stride. That should be fun. It's, it's, see? Yes, it's a big year. See how year. I know this. It is, yeah, it is a really big year. So we, know, we learn a lot about Abby, but how do we know that she's got it bad for Bourne, the poor thing? I don't know if that's good or bad, but he's got a well, he's got a bad yeah. side too. Seriously, yeah, you never know. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is uh, I think you see this relationship evolve during the course of the book, and uh, and and I, I think it's a really I think it's a really important relationship for Bourne, and and I can see it becoming more important down the road in in, in the in the series, uh, and and yet um, I think you, you you can see that that Abby. Abby understands something about Bourne that Bourne does not necessarily understand about himself, and, and I think that Abby realizes there is much more to who Bourne is than simply this stone-cold killer, that, that there's a lot more complexity and depth uh, and humanity to this man that, than he even believes about himself, and that's what she really sees in Bourne, and that's what she's attracted to, and yet she also has to deal with the fact that she, she's in love with someone that, that – 
has to do some terrible things as well. So, um, so yeah, that there's that there's that that tension, that dynamic throughout the novel, kind of this push pull uh, in terms of how Abby feels about Bourne, and, and she she knows that she's attracted to him and, and is drawn to him, and yet there's a part of her that's that's sort of horrified by him as well. Well, you can't have everything, but Abby, you know, patience is very good. It's a virtue. You just never know what's going to happen. So this story is about greed, manipulation, power, mind control, and fear, and a whole bunch more. How did you create these issues? And what would, it hap- what would happen, seriously? It would be really cool if they, ever p- they put an app on people's phones that could change your mind like, I'm going to fail my test, I'm not going to study. Oh, yes, you are. Um, I'm going to take drugs. No, you're not. I mean, for a positive <laughs> reason, that wouldn't be so bad. I'm, g- I'm going to kill my friend. No, you're not, because you're not going to do that. So it's just about yeah, greed, manipulation. Yeah. And What would happen if they re- actually did have an app? And how did you create so many issues in one book? And that's just not even all of them. There's more people. Yeah, well, again, I, I love writing writing stories that have elements that are sort of ripped from the headlines. And uh, and, and this was one where it, it just felt like all of the pieces kind of fall, fell into place, you know, pretty pretty readily. And it, it happens with some books. I mean, sometimes you spend, you know, weeks just really trying to get all of the, the, the elements of the story to kind of uh, hang together in, in, a, in a perfect web. Uh, and sometimes it just, it just flies. And this was one where um, right from the get-go, I, I felt like all the elements really worked together. Um, and again, part of it is that there are so, there, there's so much rich raw material in, in the current climate mm-hmm. uh, that is very, um, that, that is very uh, evocative of the original environment in which Bourne existed. Um, and, uh, and, and so as a result, I thought with, with, with big tech and and with uh, the social unrest and um, that all it would take is one little spark uh, and uh, and and you know we, we saw that this year I mean in, in mm-hmm. the born evolution the spark really is this assassination of this congresswoman and and you know here in in the society today the spark was um, you know was the was the, the the death of George Floyd so I mean it's it's it, it only takes one thing um, that, and, and it can erupt into, you know, all of this unrest. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it was, it sort of felt like, uh, uh, you know, all you have to do is kind of open up the paper and there's, you know, all sorts of interesting plot lines to, to emerge from there. Well, even the title evolution to evolve and get, get changes in different ways too, does help too. Just, just yeah. the title itself yeah. says it, right? So, Right, exactly. he never re- yeah, and that this is this is the next evolution of, of yeah. Jason Bourne. So. He never recovered from learning about. How does he feel when he finally learned out what really happened to Nova? Yeah, well, again, I think that uh, the the relationship with Nova was 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 a very significant part of of who Bourne yeah. is, and uh, and uh, and and so that. That's kind of at the heart of how he broke off on this new path, and that's what started everything happening. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, that's uh, there's there's no question. I'm going to have to explore that in a little bit more detail at some point um, because clearly that was an important part of of, of Bourne's recent past. Well, before I forget, Marsha Casper Cook is listening, and she's a good story is a good story. And I put you in an email with her because she would like to have you on her radio show. I'm oh, well, fabulous. 
exactly. And she's fun too. She, I, I'm. Well, she's really fun. You'll have a good time with her. And she 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 does her show a little bit differently, but you're going to have a good time. She's great. So, what's going to happen next to Bourne? Where do you see him next? And of course, you have to bring Abby back eventually because he needs somebody, <coughs> you know, to keep him straight. Seriously. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. I'm, I'm actually working. I'm actually working on the the second Jason Bourne book right now. I'm, I'm actually uh, it, it's a busy year. I mean, it was a busy year for mm-hmm. this year. You figured that uh, I, I released my novel Thief River Falls in February. That was a, a huge, huge hit. I was so thrilled with the reaction to that book. Now the new Bourne novel is out next month. Jonathan Stride is back, uh, and next year yeah. will be similarly uh, busy. I've got. Um, uh, I've got a new standalone thriller called The Infinite coming out in oh, February, good. and I, I I love this book. It is so uh, so different from from everything I've done in the past, and yet also very classically a Brian Freeman thriller. I, I can't wait to have this book in the hands of readers. And then I'm working on the new uh, Jason Bourne novel now. That'll come out next summer, and I'm simultaneously working on my next um, uh, Audible original novel, a follow up to The Deep Deep Snow. So. Uh, so yeah, they're keeping me busy, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm having a lot of fun, uh, uh, sort of figuring out next steps for uh, for Born. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm right in the midst of, of number two right now, uh, and I, I of course won't say anything about it other than to say that um, I I I knew when I wrote the first one uh, what the sort of core conflict was going to be in the second one, and uh, so I, mm-hmm. I have left a few little hints in the Born Evolution about what's coming next, and the key is whether you, you pick them up. <laughs> well, of course, if that what you said standalone, I hope they remember to send it to this standalone over here, really. Yes, we will We will make sure that, that Infinite gets in your hands, of course. Uh, of course I want to read it, you know, right away. So, on September 16th, Jonathan Stride's coming back, and... Um, what about him in the funeral for a friend? Yeah, uh, this is, uh, I think it's the 10th novel in the Jonathan Stride series. It's been a couple of years mm-hmm. now since Stride was back uh, on stage, yeah. so I'm really excited about getting Stride back in readers' hands. Uh, this book follows on the heels of my last Stride book, Alter Ego, so it takes place a few months after uh, Alter Ego in Stride time. And mm-hmm. uh, Stride is back, and uh, Serena and Maggie and Kat uh, are back. And, uh, oh, good. And, and there's, also a, there's also a character from Stride's uh, past whom we have not met in many, many years, going all the way back to uh, my oh, very cool. first Stride novel, Immoral. Uh, someone is back that uh, we 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 have uh, we haven't dealt with in a while, and so uh, she's going to be uh, at the heart of this book as well. So uh, there's there's it's a, it's as in every Stride novel, it's a very intense you know emotional kind of thriller. Uh, lots of shocking things going on, uh, but uh, I think Stride fans will will love it. I've I've had you know early readers on Goodreads who said uh, you know it's their favorite Stride novel, which I I always love to hear. And of course, we want everyone out there crossing their fingers because. Um, uh, and the AMC network is uh, uh, is is in uh, negotiations right now about creating uh, a, um, a a TV series based on oh, the nice. Variant Place, the the Fifth Stride novel. And I actually just had a chance to read the pilot script a couple of weeks ago, and it's terrific. So cross your fingers, everyone, that uh, uh, that we'll be able to get so. Stride on the on on the screen as well. And who do they want to play Stride? We have to be very particular. Well, now, that'll be the big anybody. Question, won't it? That will be the big question. 
I know. There are certain people that cannot play stride. I'm sorry. What can I say? <laughs> so, before we close, where can everybody find out more about you and your work? And I can't wait to get your next book. And I can't wait to get another one in February. This is really good. It keeps me busy. It keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, and I can't they, go uh, shopping. Can, readers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, readers can find me everywhere. They can find me on the web at my website, bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one mm-hmm. word, B freemanbooks.com so there's there's profiles of every single book that I've written and all sorts of information about me on the website they can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash bfreemanfans uh, and they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bfreemanbooks so uh, so everywhere you go uh, on uh, on social media and the web you'll, you'll, you'll find Brian Freeman out there so I, I and I love it when readers post on my Facebook page or tweet to me or, or send me emails. Uh, it's always fun to hear what people think about the book. So I, I encourage folks to get in touch with me. And, and, and yes, it's always me and Marsha reaching out back to everyone there. The people always write to me and say, well, I, it's probably your assistant, you know, writing back to me. It's like, no, no, there, there are no assistants here. There's, there's, there's just me and Marsha. This is, this is uh, 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 Brian Freeman Inc. in the book business here. <laughs> well, my 20 stars are on whatever. On, on, on my my review is on Facebook, and it's also on Amazon. At least I hope it is. And it's another publicist that asked me to read another book. I'm like I'm getting so popular, it's frightening me. I, I know. I texted my my nephew yesterday, and I told him about the show, and he's like, "You're the coolest aunt on this planet." I said, "As long as you understand that." can I say there you go yeah but I want to thank you so much I hope it's nice weather where you are because it's 100 degrees here oh my god it's 90 gorgeous day here today in Minnesota it's having a perfect day here oh it's 90 my my husband used to uh went to school in Minnesota actually oh really and he he worked yeah he did he worked in Minnesota too he's got family there so that's nice okay but um yeah someplace in Minnesota Minneapolis I think and and he used to work on a construction thing, but he went to school there also for computers. Okay. That's why he's the yeah. genius of the family. So I want to thank you so much. This has been fun, and I'm, I'll let you know when I get the book, the, the new one. Absolutely. And everybody, have a great day. Brian, thank you so much, and bye. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye.